Hey, business building warrior, this is Jim with another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got yet another successful student from our community, someone who started his career out actually working for a company that kind of looks a lot like Amazon. He learned some really cool lessons. He worked for Sears back when Sears was a big deal. They're not so much anymore but they were kind of the Amazon before Amazon came along. So some great examples and lessons for all of us from things that he picked up from his training, working for that company at its peak. He's also a bit of an IT guy. So he's brought some of his skills to our team in that arena. I'm looking forward to maybe improving some processes around here, having him kind of peek under the hood, the way we do things around here, making life better and easier for our students. And he's also succeeding as a seller on Amazon, and he's one of our latest coaches as well. Interestingly enough, he happens to go to the same church I do. It's a fairly large church on the south side of Indianapolis, so we don't see each other all that often, but we do attend the same church. And he actually got interested in Amazon when he heard me do a presentation not too long ago. He'll share that here in the story in a few minutes. But it's a pleasure hanging out with him today. He has a great list of tips for sellers, everything from new sellers to more experienced sellers, just kind of a random mix of things he says in his own words. I wish someone would have told me these things right when I started. It's a really good list. So it's a good time just hanging out today, kind of a random mix of great topics and interesting tips and strategies. I think that's what you've kind of come to expect from this show. If this is one of the first episodes you've ever heard, hey, I'd encourage you to check out maybe 5, 10, 15 episodes to get a feel for the different guests and the different success stories, the different walks of life that are represented in this community. I think you'll find someone who kind of speaks right to you and makes you say, okay, if that guy can do it, if she can do it, if that married couple can do it, why can't I? Why can't we? Let's do this. So enjoy this episode as I hang out with one of the latest coaches on our ever-growing team, Mr. Travis Sears. Enjoy. So Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. It's an honor to be here today. It's good to see a neighbor. We're actually yeah. right down the street from each right. other. We go to uh, church that, together, actually. Exactly. See each other all the time. But here you are on the coaching team now, which is pretty cool. But let's dive into your story. Let's fill in the gaps. Right, right. So just to give you some idea of where I come from, 25 years ago, I was living in Bloomington, Indiana with my parents going to Indiana University. When I graduated from school, I went straight to Chicago to work for Sears and Roebuck at their headquarters. Now, I didn't work in the tower because they'd already moved out to the suburbs to, the, to a sprawling campus that employed about 8,000 people. And Sears put a lot of effort into teaching us employees about the history and about the values of the company and what we were doing there. And one of the great things about Sears is the parallels between Sears and Roebuck, the Sears catalog, and Amazon.com. Because Sears was the Amazon.com of the late 19th and early 20th century. Somebody living out in Nebraska had access to all the products that you could have access to in New York City, perhaps. Yeah. I think those of us on the... the high end of, let's say, over maybe 45, probably, have fond memories of breaking out the Sears catalog at Christmas time and like, hey, it's all there. It was Amazon.com before Amazon.com existed. (laughs) It was in print form, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sears was not, not alone in having a catalog back in those days. A lot of 
companies like J.C. Penney's and Marshall Fields and uh, Montgomery Wards, they all had catalogs. And what they discovered was people would stack their catalogs next to the fireplace or at, in the outhouse where it was used for toilet paper, <laughs> whatever. So Sears actually changed the size of their catalog to be smaller than everybody else because they knew their catalog would be on top of the stack, I guess, for better or for worse. Wow. Uh, it would be the first catalog that people would grab to look no at. No way. There was a strategic decision to make it small. Absolutely. So, Jim, That's do you cool. remember the slogan that Sears operated by? Uh, Just a test. Putting you on the oh, spot. Sorry. Something about smiles, maybe? I don't remember. Oh, uh, no. It was satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Yes. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, I remember and, that. And the reason why they said that was... Sears knew that, and this is back when Sears was actually around and operating, Sears knew that the average American would spend $20,000 of their income over the course of their lives, and they wanted to protect that customer's satisfaction any way they could. And so I, I remember my dad walking into Sears with a broken screwdriver. He'd walk in with this broken screwdriver that's all nubbed up, and he'd walk out with a brand new screwdriver. Uh, they were just happy to to satisfy his need. Which was rare back when craftsman tools were made in America. Yes. <laughs> Those things were tough. Not so right. much anymore. Yeah. So Sears backed up their product, backed up that guarantee with high quality products. Yeah. And I remember there was a lab, a quality assurance lab in the basement of this campus where they were stretching fabric and bending tennis shoes and running load after load of laundry, running ovens and, and all kinds of stuff. And if anything broke before it was time, they would send it back to that, uh, that manufacturer and say, you fix this right now, or we're not going to sell your product. Do it better. Wow. And, and no that idea. is how they, they guaranteed that Kenmore and Craftsman were the top of the line brands. That's amazing. I had no yeah. idea that much effort went into protecting the, the Sears catalog brands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those, those names mean something Yeah, to a lot of people. Yeah. So Sears, their margin, they, they taught us that for a $100 sale, there was a margin of $1.31. That's 1.31% margin. Isn't that crazy? They kept one of the retail giants in world history alive on... Buck thirty one per hundred. That's right. nuts. Wow. Yeah. So so Sears was into everything. You yeah. know how Amazon is into Amazon has movies for Pete's sake. Why yeah. in the world are they into movies? But Sears was into everything. So Sears Sears really was a big deal when I worked there in the nineties. But they just failed to pivot when the dot com boom happened in two thousand. They just could not turn the corner on that. Uh, they were just too stuck in their ways and couldn't get out of the catalog mode of operating. So they they went the way of the dinosaur, but their brands are so powerful that they were actually able to sell those Kenmore and Craftsman names for millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. They made a lot of money selling, it, selling off the assets. Just the names themselves were worth so much money, right? To companies that produce far inferior products in many cases, would Craftsman be one of the examples that, that I'm fond of? Like, right. The Craftsman tool you bought in the 80s 
was you could you, you could smash it. that thing and <laughs> run over it with your car and now you can bring it home and your toddler can break it in half the same tool you know it's like what happened it, it reminds me kind of the same story uh, of blockbuster it should be netflix you know we should be renting movies from blockbuster not netflix if they'd have been paying attention and that was a much easier pivot arguably but they just they didn't make that pivot and uh, so now blockbuster's gone and netflix rules the world but um, that's interesting. You, you've shared with me before we started recording that, you know, you see some parallels and some lessons, you know, some things that have kind of impacted because we, here we are, Amazon entrepreneurs. And what are some of these lessons that you've kind of pulled away from your time at Sears and the observations you've made about the similarities between the two companies? Right. Just two very large companies that are into a lot of things. I just learned to be flexible and be adaptive like today, even I got a cease and desist letter from one of my hottest selling ASINs. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to pivot. I'm going to have to pivot or go out of business, but I'm, I have no option. I'm just going to pivot and find something else to sell. Right. So, and determine if it's legitimate first, probably, you know, go through true. that process. Cause sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So the, this margin of uh, 1.31%, it's just amazing how tight that margin is uh, for a large company. And I, I know as we scale up, our margins probably shrink too, as we yeah. outsource and bring in employees to, to handle things like prep and shopping and, and whatever. That's right. That's right. It's a, that is a great observation. I don't know that we've made that observation a whole lot, but as you grow and you add in employees, you're exchanging liberty for margin, you're exchanging freedom and flexibility. You're giving up some of that margin, getting back some of your time. So you can start launching other income streams, which I think is one of the lessons. You know, This is a multiple income stream community, as you well know, Travis. We talk about using the internet creatively to launch and grow multiple income streams all the time. I love Amazon. There's plenty of people who are in a very stable position using just Amazon, but I would encourage you over time, give up some of that margin, some of those profits to automate and systemize, and then explore other add-on opportunities that, that complement what it is you've already got going on. And that's kind of what you're doing in a way with coaching. You know, you've become on, on board with one as one of our coaches. That's another Absolutely. income stream for you. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So moving on, how, how did I get started in Amazon? In... 2017, as I just said, Jim and I go to the same church. I didn't really know who Jim Cochran was until 2017 when Jim got up and gave a sermon about the virtue of work. And Jim, you may or may not remember too much about that, but I, I just remember you talked about your book and it triggered me to buy your book, join the Facebook page and start listening to the podcast. Two, I mean, this was a very pivotal moment for, for me in my Amazon journey. I didn't really know at the time I was working. Uh, I was an IT consultant at the time and traveling uh, across the country. So I had some time on the plane to read your book, listen to the podcast, but I didn't really have any time to do anything with it. So in 2018, I, I think I was in between contracts and had some time and I bought the Proven Amazon course which I found to be just a great resource. It was just so packed with information. And again, I had, I had this job that got in the way and couldn't really do anything with it. So as an IT consultant, uh, kind of like what I just said about Sears, it just gave me so much more experience with so many different areas. Uh, I was working 12-hour days 
And I said, if I'm going to do this right, I'm going to do it with coaching. And if I'm going to do it with coaching, I'm going to go with Jim Cockrum coaching. And the coaching process or getting into the coaching was such a reassuring process. I mean, I know I'm doing the right thing because I'm going to be paired with quality people. The uh, coaches that I had were Kelsey and Steve Koval mm. and Brian Olson. Mm-hmm. And uh, they taught me how to source products, taught me the replens process. I learned how to read Keepa charts. We set up inventory labs, set up my printer. They taught me, most importantly, how to think about my business. I mean, this is a real business and you take it seriously, but you don't take it too seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. I think I do. Explain that. What do you mean? Talk me through that, what you just said. Well, there are ups and downs in business, in the Amazon business. You get an IP claim, don't freak out. Amazon's not trying to kill your business. They're not the boogeyman. They're just trying to cast a wide net and catch, capture these bad actors, these fraudsters. And sometimes good people get caught in the net. It's not that big of a deal. And yeah. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Sure. Okay. Because I've, I've had some run-ins or I've had some IP claims that um, have really taught me some good lessons. Excellent. So just starting out, I made mistakes. Primarily, I was unfocused. I was into toys, office supplies, grocery, pet supplies. I was all over the place. I also was able to get a Walmart Marketplace account opened, but I lost it because I I was so unfocused that I failed to list any products within a couple of months. So they deactivated my account and have since refused to reopen it. Ah, so I had had all this opportunity, but but lost it. Sure. Yeah, because those can be a little tricky to get open now. Yes. Kind of hit yeah, or miss. I, I know. <laughs> so I ended up focusing just on groceries. And when I focused just on groceries, my results took off. I hit $12,000 in sales in May of 2021 And I was primarily doing online arbitrage and I had a couple of wholesale accounts by then. And it was, it was pretty good, but unfortunately for my business, I got a call from a former consulting customer of mine and said that they needed help. So in the summer of 2021, I went back to my consulting job, left my Amazon business. I think I was maybe doing one or two FBA shipments per month during that time. I was able to go go to the Proven Conference last summer. Oh yeah, in Tampa. Yeah, in Tampa. It was a great time. Made lots of contacts, had lots of great conversations. Uh, I'll talk about something that I learned from one of those conversations in a little bit. But actually, the, the the funny thing is, Jim, in the group photo that is the banner photo on the uh, Proven or the um, MST Facebook page. The Facebook group, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the banner photo. In the corner where it has the words uh, interesting sto- or exciting stories or exciting, the, yeah. under, my face the is podcast. above the word, my face is above the word exciting. And I'm not sure people would exactly call me exciting, but uh, for this year, at least I'm exciting. <laughs> Be the poster boy for exciting on our Facebook banner. That's funny. <laughs> exactly. So, so go, go find me people. That's funny. And so by the end, by the end of 2021, uh, I was back focusing on Amazon and I was going to do it different this time. 
because I had Brian Olson's competitive product sourcing method, which just came out, I believe, or at least by the time this comes out, it'll probably be a couple of weeks ago that it came out. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's a, we'll put a link to that in the show notes since you referenced it. It's uh, silentgym.com slash keep a list, I believe. Yes. K-E-E-P-A-L-I-S-T. Keep a list. Yes. Yeah, for so information right. on that. Yeah, helping a lot of people for sure right now. They're Absolutely. Going, they're getting pretty excited about it. Yeah, Brian Brian taught me about that probably a year before or several months before he presented that in December, which is mm-hmm. just one of the benefits of being in coaching is yeah. just have access to these wonderful people. So I had Brian's Keep a Method. I still had my VA sourcing products and I started to do retail arbitrage. I was going to stores. I had I developed a weekly shopping route around our, around our wonderful city of Indianapolis. Uh, I'll make a complete lap around 465 some days, going to different stores, and I've started sending two to three FBA shipments per week to Amazon. And as a result, I hit twelve thousand dollars in sales in February, and I had my first one thousand dollars sales day on March seventh of this month. That's and, just a few days ago, a couple of weeks yes, ago. Yes, exactly. That's great. $1,000 a day. I love yeah. it. Do you have any local help? I do not. Just you. It's just you, me. You have your virtual assistant, obviously, but right. it's great. Right. So I'm still focusing on groceries and focusing on retail arbitrage. And I'm expecting March to be better than February. So what are my numbers? I know you're going to ask that. So I'll, I'll ask it for myself. My, my margin is about 20 to 22%. And uh, my ROI is probably 45%. And like I said, I, I'm hitting about $12,000 per month right now. That's very so, helpful. Thanks. Helps paint a, paint a picture for folks of where you're at. Right. I love and, it. and I recognize that I'm just starting and I need to scale up. Uh, my next move is to hire shoppers, hire a prep center, I probably need to get a subscription to Replan Dashboard, uh, Jimmy's product, I believe is where that comes from, Jimmy yep. Smith. Yeah, that helps you, rec- it recommends how, my, one of the most useful features among others for our team is it recommends how many more replins to buy based on what's selling and what's selling well. And it right. gives you a recommendation like, hey, go buy 15 of this ASIN. That's about what you need to cover the next 30 to 60 days, uh, which is kind of the, the, the logic needed to run an effective replan business. It takes some of that thinking work out of the equation for you, among, like I said, several other features. But yeah, we love that tool for sure. Great, great. So the other thing that I'm looking at is brand registry. When I was working with my coaches, uh, they helped me set up a, a generic branded bundle. And I was able to keep that generic branded bundle operating for about six or seven months until about two weeks ago, I saw a seller jump on it and then a second seller jumped on it. So I'm just waiting for uh, the pile on to happen and for me to have to just forget even using that bundle anymore. So the solution I see is getting brand registry right. and including a branded item with my bundle. and. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm headed. Yeah, that's a good theme for us to spend a couple a couple moments on. I think uh, sure. you you created a new listing. It was just you, but that doesn't mean it belongs only to you. 
if someone else can go find the same products, well, they can jump on it too. But if you get brand registered and you create, say, a unique box that has your trademark on it, now you can put those same readily available brand name products in your box. That's what we're teaching right now in the provenbrandbuilding.com course. It's kind of a, a next tier. Once you pass that beginner tier of replens, it's that next tier of starting to create ASINs or listings that belong only to you that other sellers can't compete against. So yeah, I like that you brought that up. That That is a good next step to be exploring once you're you know, selling 10, 15,000 or so a month consistently and you understand the gig. It's fine to dip your toe in those waters. Yeah, that's great. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So the, the other thing I did after getting out of coach, my coaching period ended in December. And the one thing that I did to kind of continue the education process was I joined Legends, the Legends group, mm. uh, so that I would have access to additional learning content and access to veteran sellers. And it has just been tremendous. Some of the stuff that I've learned has just been very beneficial. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of good resources. So let me make sure we don't leave anyone behind. You can go check Legends out at provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. And it's uh, when, when people ask me, what's Legends? You know, for, They ask me to describe it. I say it's kind of like a smaller, more intimate version of the bigger free Facebook group. So you pay to be among people who are fairly serious and willing to pay to be in a group like that. And you build some really incredible relationships. That way you see a lot of the same faces over and over again, instead of 70,000 random strangers hanging out all day, it's a few hundred people and actually have their own events and things that you can go to. It's a smaller, it's a smaller, more intimate community, I guess is a good way to describe it. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that as well. I'll stick links to all of this in the show notes as well, of course, for the listeners. Great. great. So I have some tips. Let's do it, man. Love tips. Yeah. uh, This is stuff I wish I would have heard when I was a new seller like a year, year ago. I mean, stuff that, and stuff that I've actually heard from my coaches and stuff that I've come up with since then. The number one thing I can recommend is having a winning mindset and attitude. Think like a winner, act like a winner, see everything as a win. No matter what happens, try and turn it into a win. Like I mentioned earlier about getting the cease and desist letter. uh, Yeah, it was a gut punch. I don't know if it's real or not. We're going to have to take a look at it, but I'm looking at it as an opportunity, as a springboard to push me into other other categories. So getting out of groceries, for instance, uh, looking at clothing. I I went actually to a store, to a retail outlet today uh, and looked at uh, clothing for the first time, scanning tags, because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you do in... um, uh, outlet stores is just scan tags. I've never done that before as a re, uh, replant seller. So just looking looking at, at opportunities where there are bad things happen, I like turn that bad thing into a, a good thing. Yeah. It, you focus on the loss or focus on the lesson, right? That's right. Uh, a Jim Rohn saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of the way I have forced myself to look at my businesses let me find one more replant. Let me go to one more store. Let me spend one more hour reading this book about business. Just trying to apply myself as much as I can. Meanwhile, balancing my life with my family and church and dedication to God, you just got to balance it out a little bit or blend it out. There you go. Yeah. I, I was just talking about that with someone else today. 
kind of blending it all together sometimes makes more sense to me than trying to balance, figuring out ways to kind of mesh it together without losing track of anything important. Hey, quick interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to make sure you know about The Proven Conference coming up August 12th through 14th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. Join hundreds of your fellow business building warriors, the same people who listen to this podcast, the successful students you've heard interviewed, the coaches on our team. There's over 60 of them. We're all going to go, hundreds of us, to Louisville, Kentucky, August 12th through 14th. We want you there. Come hang out. Be a part of this incredible community. We've done this several times in the past. It gets better every single time. It's unlike any other conference you've ever been to because the stage and all the breakout sessions are comprised of the great leaders and students from our own community. We don't bring in outside experts that you could go watch on YouTube anytime you want. No, we are putting on stage the people that you'd love to meet face-to-face. It's an event unlike any you've ever attended. It will change your life. August 12th through 14th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. See theprovenconference.com for details. Theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get back to the program. Kind of blending it all together sometimes makes more sense to me than trying to balance, figuring out ways to kind of mesh it together Mm -hmm. without losing track of anything important. Yeah, so the next thing I have is vision. Have a vision and have a plan for your business. What does your business look like in six months? What is your vision for your business in six months? What actions do you need to take to get to that vision? Write down this vision, write down the plan, write down the actions. So for instance, I see my, uh, my business, I need to be having shoppers. I need to be leveraging a, a prep center, perhaps. I need to be expecting my margin to go down a little bit because of that and, and to be okay with it <laughs> and, and to look forward to having free time, but then also looking for opportunities to fill that free time with something else. Looking, looking at, like, a, like you said, Jim, I'm going to be spending some time doing coaching. Uh, that's going to be filling some of my time. There's other, other opportunities out there that I currently don't see that I'm going to be investigating or opening myself up to. So the other thing, learn the tools, learn Kiba. Uh, that's one thing that co- the coaches help me with is learning how to read a Kiba chart. Learn how to use Inventory Lab. If you're not using Inventory Lab, you're doing yourself a disservice. You are really, really doing yourself a disservice. What's the, use- uh, what's the biggest improvement that you noticed when you started using Inventory Lab? I know what I'd say for our team, but just, when you, why is it so important? It's just so user-friendly compared to Seller Central. Right. I had no problem learning it, just, just started using it, created a batch, created a shipment, yeah. completed it. It's just so much easier. Creating your shipments yes. speeds up dramatically, right? It, it, yes. It's really friendly for replin sellers. Yeah, we highly recommend that. After you've kind of learned the, the ropes a little bit, you can really speed things up with the right tools. Yes. Uh, the other thing I have is a repricer. I use Be Cool. Everybody, uh, I, I can just tell you, when I turned my repricer on, my sales shot up immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one we use as well. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes too. Mentioned a lot of good tools. I was just actually on the phone. Those guys, 
at Be Cool or um, in Taiwan. So they're about a 12-hour difference from us here in our time zone. So we always have to get creative on when we're going to meet. I've had a few phone calls with them at like 9 o'clock in the evening, my time. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. there. But some super great guys. But like you said, everybody kind of has their preference on repricers. There's a handful of really good ones. You know, Jimmy uses a different one. And most people on our team, there's three or four that we all tend to use. But yeah, I'm with Be Cool as well right now, right now myself. Or Be Cool is actually how they pronounce it. Be Cool? Equal. Like equal, but oh, you put a B on the front. Be Cool. Equal. Yeah. Nice. Now but I know. Here, a lot of people say Be Cool. Like they'll accept that too. <laughs> <laughs> be Cool. All right. Very good. So the next thing I have is IP claims. Uh, I've had... Well, I guess what I can say is as a replen seller, you're going to be testing a whole lot of ASINs. And when you test a several hundred ASINs, one or two of those is going to result in an IP claim. And like I said earlier, Amazon is not the boogeyman. They're not, not a bad guy looking to kill your business. They're just trying to catch bad actors. You're right. At least that's, that's what I believe. Uh, they have an algorithm that's searching for fraud. They're looking for people that are cheating or selling counterfeit products. And sometimes good people get caught in the net. So what, what I've done, what happened to me, I'll just tell a story. Uh, about two weeks ago, I had a phone call to my house from Amazon. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, Jim, but Amazon called my home phone number and I don't think I've ever given them my home phone number. Really? They called me to say, Travis, you have two IP claims that have not been addressed on your account. And I'm thinking, I addressed them two weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, we'd like to talk to you about that. They proceeded in the most friendly manner I've ever seen to walk through each of those IP claims, explain them to me, why they happened, and what I could do to remove them. What are the actions? In one case, it was a trademark infringement. And there is no way that we can remove that, they said. I mean, there is just not without a letter of permission from that brand owner. And I said, well, the email that you sent me doesn't even have an email address for the brand owner. I have no way of even contacting them. And they were like, okay, well, I guess you're going to have to live with that for 180 days. The, the other IP claim, they told me actually in good detail exactly what I, what I needed to put in a plan of action. A plan of action is a root cause, a resolution, and a, what's the third piece, Jim? I forget. Prevention. Prevent, yeah, preventing it from happening again. Root cause, yeah. resolution, and prevention. Yeah. Yes. So they, they explained to me what needed to be in each of those, uh, which is just amazing. I never expected Amazon to actually want to talk to me about this or right. even help me. Yeah. And, and what I learned and the advice that I give to people is, if you receive an IP claim, open a case requesting a call from Amazon about your account health. And when you do that, a nice person from the United States or wherever you're at is going to call you and talk you through what you need to do. And it's just, it just blew me away. It changed, changed my perspective on IP claims after that. Yeah. It's been a few years ago that they changed that they don't ever just turn someone's account off or suspend them without trying multiple ways to reach out to the seller first. That's policy. And 
they no exceptions to that. They said what they run into, one of their frustrations, this was the head of the guy, the guy who's the head of the department that suspends accounts. I had the chance to meet him and have a conversation with him. And he said, their greatest frustration is people don't give us all their contact information. They don't want to give us their home phone number. So you probably did at some point, mm-hmm. you signed up for business, you know, personal phone or something. You did, you know, they didn't, uh, they don't have any way to get it unless you give it to them that I know of, but they'll do everything they can to reach out by email, the phone numbers you left them. And if they can't get a hold of you, that's when they start to get concerned. They may not be dealing with a legitimate person here. Um, so that's what causes that confusion often. So give them accurate contact information so they can reach out because that's not the first time I've heard those kinds of stories where they reach out directly. Oh, great. So the next thing I have, I recommend finding local sellers in your areas, form a group, meet for lunch, build community. I mean, Jim, you talk about this all the time about creating community. Maybe you could you can address that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, thanks for the chance. And actually, I stopped in. You guys meet more often than I'm able to be there. But like we told at the beginning, you, we attend the same church, live in the same area, and there's a handful of people in our community. You guys get together, hang out. I love seeing it. So I was able to stop in with my daughter, Avon, here just a few weeks ago when you guys were doing that. And it was great seeing everyone hanging out. But the true benefit of that is that it, it grows your business. Not only does it help you personally, not, there, not only are there spiritual benefits, the camaraderie, we're not made to be alone. Isolation is toxic, but you can translate to that to financial benefits too. The ideas, the strategies, the partnerships, the, the new connections, it, you're going to make more money. You're making less money if you're not doing it, guaranteed. Right, right. Yeah, thank you. So the, the other, the next thing I have is if you really want to turbocharge your sales, turn on five cent pay-per-click ads. Uh, this was a tip I got at the conference last summer. Uh, someone said, if you're not doing this, you need to do this. So I had my coaches walk me through how to set this up. And I checked my numbers just last week and I had $2,500 in sales due to my pay-per-click ads. And it only cost me maybe 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's a very unusual way to use pay-per-click. Most of the times when you hear people talking about using the paid ads on Amazon, they're trying to launch a new product. They're spending, you know, they're looking at the other bidders and saying, wow, that guy's willing to pay a dollar per click. Guess I'm going to have to pay a dollar five per click to get any attention to my listing. That's most people who are using it are in that arena. We're over here in the pay a few pennies per click arena just to get some ads popping up when you've got the buy box and it's a generic listing for whatever one of your ASINs, one of your replants, the ad's going to show up. And a lot of times people are going to click on that ad and go on to buy your product. That gives you an advantage. It increases your odds of selling your products for, like you said, a few few pennies. Uh, do you have like a daily limit? I think I have a limit of about $10, but I've never hit it. I mean, yeah, we've got a daily limit of about I've ever $5. Had is like a buck 25. Yeah. Most days it's a dollar or two on these nickel ads that are popping up. And yeah, the return on investment is tremendous. That's one of the things that we cover in the private replens Facebook group. I'll stick a link to that too. We have a lot of links in today's show. Awesome. <laughs> but we've got a private Facebook group just for people who want to hang out with other serious replens sellers. So if you've got the proven Amazon course, that's going to teach you all you need to know. But if you want to hang out with other people who are doing it, there's a paid Facebook group. It's a few dollars per month. But we've got things like that nickel, how to set up that nickel ad campaign 
on all your, and, and you can kind of go through and figure it out yourself, but we step you through it, how to make sure that all of your ASINs are getting that, you know, nickel up to a nickel or so per day. Some people set it a little higher. Some people set it a little lower, but uh, if those ads just start popping up a little bit, it, it does boost your, you boost your sales considerably for sure. Yeah. Like, like I said, $2,500 is, is nothing, not a small number. No, it's not. Uh, so the last thing I have is this thing right here. If you're not on YouTube, I am showing off my box resizer. If you pack <laughs> your own boxes for FBA, get a box resizer. It will help you save on your dunnage. And if it's a light box, it's going to save you on shipping. There's a concept called dimensional weight where an empty box is so much money. I mean, no matter if you have like a minimum amount of weight, uh, that is what they are going to charge you for. So for instance, I have a 17 by 11 by 13 Walmart box. I know I need to put 18 pounds in it. If it is less than 18 pounds, I'm going to get charged for 18 pounds. If it's more than 18 pounds, I'll get charged the higher weight. So a way to save a little bit of money here and there. I don't think it saved me more than five bucks, but <laughs> it's at least saved me on uh, the dunnage. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to pack the box full of those bubbles, bubble packs and you know yeah. paper or whatever. Yeah, you, you go through a lot less dunnage that way when shipping smaller boxes. That's a great idea. And those things are very simple to use. They're kind of fun to use. I, mean, yeah. my, I know my kids love using those things <laughs> to shrink and resize boxes. It's pretty straightforward stuff, but... Another great tip, easily picked up on Amazon for sure. Yeah, I think I spent maybe $16. Yeah, um, yeah it pays so, for itself very fast and saves you a lot of money over the over the weeks and months that you're prepping and packing or that your team is doing that. Yeah, right. Very good. Right. That's a great That's a great list of tips, man. I appreciate that. That was good. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's cool. It's great getting to know you a little bit, buddy. I appreciate the, the time today. And you got a great list of tips too. And I love that you're a new coach on the team. So yeah. you're going to be focusing primarily on some of the newer students coming in that brand new type of thing, getting ramped up and you, you have a heart for that. So excited to have you on the team, kind of helping them get their legs under them and, and get rolling with this model. But Absolutely. congratulations on your success too. It's great Thank to have you. a fellow uh, kind of geek on, on board too. We've talked about spreadsheets and that sort of thing. So right. it's good to have a kind of a techie kind of guy on the team. Uh, so welcome aboard, man. Great. Thank you, Jim. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Great, great list of tips. Great story, buddy. Good time. So I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a moment and, and thank them for hanging out with us. No matter where you're listening today, we're glad you spent some time with Travis and I. Thank you for giving us some of your time. And this is part of the best part of my job is just getting to hang out and meet some of the great folks from this community. If you've got a story that you'd like to share on the podcast about your journey into e-commerce and how you've succeeded, some of the creative strategies you've used. Give us some tips like Travis did today. We'd love to have you as a guest. Reach out to us. You can go to silentgym.com and get the contact information there. Or if you weren't aware, maybe you're fairly new to this podcast, we've got dozens and dozens of recent interviews with our successful students like Travis, who have built incredible businesses coming from all walks of life. So scroll back in time, listen to some of these great stories. You're going to pick up I guarantee it, two or three, maybe even five or 10 things you didn't know every single episode. I learned something every time. It's just become an incredible resource for me. I get the benefit of hearing these before you do, but I'm being educated right alongside you on this journey. It's a pleasure to be part of this community with you. So thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 
We'll have another awesome episode for you very soon. God bless all the business building warriors out there. Talk to you then. Hey, thanks for listening today. One last thing before we wrap up, a quick reminder. Now that this episode is over, get over to theprovenconference.com and get your tickets for the event coming up August 12th through 14th, 2022. Your fellow listeners to this show are going to be there. Successful students that you've heard interviewed on this podcast, they're going to be there. Over 60 coaches from our team, they're going to be there. This is an incredible event. You cannot afford to miss it. It's an incredible investment in the future success of not just your business, but those vital relationships that you need. We talk about all the time. This will propel your life and your business forward. You're going to benefit tremendously from this. Do not miss this opportunity. We've done it multiple times in the past. Over 98% of all attendees say, yes, I'm coming back. The event gets bigger and better every single time. Theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes. We want you to be there. Do not miss this. We'll see you there. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.